Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the YVR Business Den podcast. On today's episode, we have Brandon from the Smoking Gun Coffee in Abbotsford. A lot of great takeaways from this. Learned a lot about his stories from his humble beginnings from where he started and to where he is today. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. Check it out. I knocked on so many doors just looking for like, you know, I just need like a small square feet, you know, like I, I don't need much. And not every business can get off the ground, but that doesn't mean that your, your passion, your dream also have to not get off the ground. You know what I mean? This is YVR Business Den, an unplugged look at entrepreneurship in today's world. Stories of success in business and life with your hosts, Vishal and Harv. All right, we're live and we're recording. Guys, welcome to episode four of the YVR Business Den. Yeah, I'm really excited for today's guest just because anybody knows me, I love coffee and I love beer. So pretty much combine those two. And yeah, we got Brandon here from Smoking Gun Coffee in Abbotsford, which is a really cool coffee spot. It's actually located inside Ravens Brewing, which is also another amazing brewery. So awesome. Brandon, first things first, uh, let us know a little bit about yourself and, and your story. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I, I this is my first podcast actually. Oh, really? So. <laughs> Everyone always told me I had a radio announcer voice. You should do our intro, like okay, <laughs> reverse, yeah. reverse rules. If if coffee doesn't work out, I'll be uh, coming to you guys first. I think. <laughs> nice. Happy to have you. Yeah. Happy to have you. <laughs> yeah, smoking guns been sort of like a snowball that I roll down a hill, and and it's it's sort of become something I I don't think I could have ever really imagined. I kind of got into coffee well, I kind of always rattled around coffee in end of high school and in university was working in coffee shops in Alberta so I always was interested in it but then my my career was actually in social services mm. and uh, was finding that um, yeah the the work was really heavy and it was it was tough to tough to sort of cope with and just sort of started reading blogs about people who were roasting coffee and in like the the hot air poppers like that your grandma probably has at home and right. and uh anyway got my hands on one and bought some green beans on amazon it, it almost immediately just fell in love with the process it's it's like mega sensory it's it's super engaging it's like you know smell and and uh watching color change and time and and then at the end you have this this reward that you sort of channeled your energy into and and it was something super easy to just kind of hurl myself at because I, I found it to be like free therapy, basically. Like it, it was so, um, yeah, just so restorative almost in its, in its process. So I, I realistically just kind of hobbied into it and was sort of doing it for myself. And then uh, people got interested and, and, you know, started whatever wanting to taste little bits. You can only make like half a cup at a time. Right. And, uh, and then, uh, just kept buying a little bit, a little bit bigger of a roaster. I, I got myself a, a be more, it's kind of like a toaster oven or whatever. And, and a great home roaster for anyone who's looking for some, something to try. And, and, uh, then, then it was like every Saturday and Sunday, I'd, I'd spend like six hours in the garage to make like six pounds of coffee oh, for let's, my six customers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah it's like a more pg version of breaking bad (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah less rewarding but (laughs) and uh and um yeah i i i just kept hurling myself down the river and 
and uh, found a, a cafe popping up in Mission actually uh, called The Penny. And so The Penny was really my my start. Without The Penny, I, I don't think I would have got wind of my sales. So I'm super grateful for them. They are like OG, the first place that, nice. that wanted to buy my coffee. And so uh, that gave me an, an opportunity to actually buy a proper commercial machine. And, and from there, we just kept rolling. So it, it started off uh, really grassroots in, in a garage. And then uh, we actually had to move into another garage. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it, it just kept, kept moving forward from there. That's awesome. So with the penny, did you give them one of your small samples from the small machine you had? And, and how did that process work for you to introduce it to them? Like, did they Yeah, like I, at that time, I, I was still roasting on that B-more. So it was largely like kind of like home brewing, basically. And so they they were like in their sort of process of starting up and wanted to try out roasters. And somebody kind of threw my my hat in the ring there. And so I did, I remember I did a cupping is sort of like a, a coffee tasting, a really fancy way to right. taste coffee. But anyway, they, we, um, they're like, Hey, Brandon, come out and do a cupping. And I was like, no problem. <laughs> and so I, I brought my samples there and they tasted it and they were super stoked on it. And then, uh, and then when, when it looked like it was kind of tracking in the right direction, uh, I was like, Holy smokes, I'm, I'm going to need a, a far bigger roaster to be able to service this. And so I had a, I had a, a, a friend, uh, it, well, my friend's dad, and, and he's also my friend, so I say friend, who, who was super behind what I was doing and, and basically was like, hey, man, like, if, if this is uh, an opportunity for you that has life in it, like, I, you know, I, I want to get behind you. So he loaned me the money that I needed to get that machine, paid it off slowly over time. And, and you know, the, it was sort of what I needed because even even the small machine that I started on, like that's a big, it's a big expense for something that you're just hobbying at. So absolutely, it, well, good on you for taking that like jump and risk and like because obviously it's a risk because you enjoy what you're doing, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, you believe in it and you're actually doing it. That's crazy. It uh, it reminds me when you're talking about the therapeutic side of roasting. It's almost like a green thumb. Like I, I don't garden much now, but uh, I used to garden a lot with my mom before, and it's very therapeutic seeing stuff like grow and. Uh, I remember the first time mm. I planted veggies, I felt like, I felt like I was the freaking man. Like I had like jalapenos yeah. growing. I was like, jalapenos. I got like, all that process. Yeah. I got all that process. Like I, my first tomato that popped up, I was pumped. I was like, yo, it's like my child. So uh, <laughs> I can, I can, that resonates with me big time, the therapeutic side of it. I yeah, mean, no. And, and you're exactly right. It, it, and, and I think that's an, another reason why it's such a kind of a, a, a rewarding cycle and, and something that I'm still finding life in is, you know, it, it's, it's super life giving to do, but then I get to share that with people. And then when they're pumped on it, they're like, man, this tastes good. Or, you know, I'm picking up this tasting note, or I had a great shot of espresso or whatever. Like it, it just keeps kind of fueling the machine, you know? So yeah, it, 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 it honestly is something that I, I didn't actually expect that I'd have the opportunity to do this full time, you know, like, it, it, like any other small business trying to get off the ground it there's just so many barriers so many hurdles that make it pretty difficult to to you yeah. know at, at least at least for like passion projects you know like i definitely didn't approach it as you know like as an entrepreneur like i was oh, i'm starting a business today like it was just totally you know organic and right. and everything that i had i i 
paid for through selling coffee, basically. So it, it was a really slow start. <laughs> but you know, now now we're kind of moving with a little bit more momentum. So it's, uh, it's great. If you don't mind, let's, uh, let's dig a little bit more into that, that progress. So you hobbying wise, it, it probably that was a, a long time of starting to learn the process of, of growing the coffee, you know, what you like, what you didn't like and going from there. But when it started to speed up, so when you started getting more orders from your friends and you did the cupping at pennies, like what was that time like for you? And like how, how fast or how long did that happen? What was that duration of time from? Yeah. Like I, uh, it- like you say, it, it was really side hustle hobby for, for a lot of years. Um, mostly just because like, you know, I, I have a family and, and a home and, and kids and stuff. And, and it, you know, I, I have to earn. So I, I kept working while I did this on, you know, evenings and weekends and, you know, it, it kind of, it was really just word of mouth. Like I didn't have a budget for anything. <laughs> so it's not like I was doing much advertising or, or marketing, but I have, uh, you know, like Abbotsford and, and, and the Valley in general is such a rich area in terms of, you know, entrepreneurship and small business growth and, and just very supportive, um, you know, customers, realistically, like the community is really into, uh, you know, homegrown and, and artisanal things that are done locally. So, um, you know, I, I had a lot of support from guys like Fieldhouse um who were who are you know making beers out of it and and that sort of collaboration yeah yeah that one came out not too long ago it was it was killer and 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 then i sort of found myself in in the uh uh, you know in in court with a whole bunch of breweries and it it was awesome like working with ravens and and old yale and silver valley and maple ridge uh are good friends of mine and uh, working with Smugglers uh, Trail, which is uh, a new brewery that popped up in Langley. I was and just we have... on our last podcast. Yeah, yeah, I went there recently. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we have a collab that's right about to, to oh, pop nice. up too. So, oh, I'm looking forward yeah, to that. But, yeah, anyway, I think it just, it just helped getting my name out in front of people. Was able, eventually, it, it took years, probably three years of just um, hustling uh, before I reached a point where you know, I, I was like, I'm either, I, I either got to go for it or I got to hang it up. Like I, I'm not really making money, but I'm never going to make money unless I give this thing. Fully the, 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 yeah. I, I need to give it the, the time and attention it, it needs to get off the ground. But I, I guess the main issue for, for many people trying to start this is just space. Like how do you find space a that's approved B that's, you know, affordable really? um to try something that you don't know is gonna succeed right like like no no landlord's gonna be like hey man this this may not work out but i'm looking at renting your space so, yeah. But, so yeah i i i uh that that was sort of the the big issue so i did all kinds of things like i i went to like the elks lodge and mission because i was like they got a commercial kitchen like i could put the put the roaster on a cart and roll it in and blow you know i i i i knocked on so many doors just looking for like you know i just need like a small square feet you know like i i don't need much and it it was really difficult and and uh and then also by that point um i had purchased a much larger roaster so the roaster that i currently have now 
uh, it can't be in a garage. Like it, it, it needs big power and it throws lots of heat and lots of smoke. Like my neighbors put up with, with me for a long time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was working with um, Ravens on a collab and, and Paul who owns Ravens uh, was sort of like, Hey, what's your plan? What are you doing? And, oh, and, and at this point I had this big roaster in a shipping container on a farm in Michigan. So it was, it was so, man, like we- You're super resourceful, man. Yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, it's fine to talk about now, but at the time it was like, we, we, where do we go? Like, where do you put this thing? Anyway, Paul was like, hey, I got this big warehouse and, and, and I got some space, this could work well. And uh, so he gave me a shot and, and that's where I am right now. And it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's the, realistically looking back, it's the only way that this would have worked because it's collaborative space that I can afford. You know, it's also like other people and small business minded folks around, which creates a lot of, of momentum rather than you know, me alone on a machine in a space in some strip mall somewhere, you know, so it's been a lot more than space for me, but. And the good thing is uh, exactly to Harvey's point, it's very complimentary. And, you know, sometimes when you think about starting your own business, it's kind of, it's kind of lonely, but when you have other people around you, it's just. Motivates you and it kind of inspires you. And like, even you're getting collaborations, you know, you were already doing with these breweries. And the fact that you mentioned that you, you knocked on doors and you were like out of a shipping container just to find a spot, like just being that resourceful. I think that is huge because, uh, yeah, people don't really talk about that when, uh, you know, when the storefront's <laughs> up, right? Like they just talk about, oh yeah, we're here now. But, uh, yeah, at that time you're, you're doing whatever you could to get it off the ground. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Good yeah and if you, if you scroll back and, and look at the Instagrams, we were, we were shooting pretty specific angles to not accentuate <laughs> that we were in the shipping yeah, That's container. what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You got to filter that and then get the angles right. <laughs> I do that for the face shots anyways, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, that's great. How, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how was that conversation with the family when it's like, hey, I, I'm going to be, you know, pivoting to do this full time? That must have been a scary moment. Yeah, yeah. Like my my family is is super supportive, um, and 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 my wife is is fully behind what we're doing. Naturally, like it it hasn't come without you know a lot a lot of risk and a lot of late nights and and uh, you know I got young kids. Like it it's it's a lot of balancing. You know, my wife also works too still. Um, so it it's crazy it's 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 a the the saving grace is all day i am basically in therapy so otherwise i don't think this would have worked out so well. but yeah, um that's what it's about man you found your passion and uh yeah no that's awesome and you get high yeah high, so. <laughs> yeah but you're exactly right it it's it's scary because like i've i've never worked so hard for so many hours and made so little money <laughs> so it's right. it's it, it's you know it's been a lot of learning and a lot of learning on the fly and we're, we're really I say we now because I'm finally at a place where I have a team and and was able to hire some people to to come on board like I never wanted to do this alone um, but you got to do as much as you can for as long as you can until you, you kind of build momentum that you can then bring other people along. So, you know, it, it feels like we're really, like I'm really stoked for the future. It, it, it's been a tough year. It's pretty much been a year since I've been at Ravens, but you know, we're, we're starting to, to roll a little bit and, and that makes, 
decisions a little bit easier, not, not super easy, but you know, we, I, I'm able to kind of do more because I have a little bit more, you know, so. So let's, let's talk about this year. You know, you said it's, it's been a tough year for, for all business owners, everyone in general, actually. So how have you kind of pivoted during this year to, to balance, you know, in your words, balance is a key word. So how are, have you been able to pivot during 2020 to, to not only stay in business, but keep that momentum going? Oh man. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's been quite a thing because I, I basically like incorporated smoking gun in January. So that's when, you know, we really hit the ground running when I really hit the ground running. And then by March, my business basically closed because at that point, all I was doing was wholesaling coffee to restaurants and shops and, and cafes and stuff. And, and so when they all closed, obviously they weren't ordering coffee and that was sort of the end. So I, I was sort of at right when it happened, my, my initial response was to really try to you get my, you know, direct to consumer stuff going. So I was just taking orders and, and driving them around once a week. You yeah, know, we'll and, you a, and, I'll give you a shout out because I, I did order you guys in like April. And um, yeah, you guys had the online system set up. And I, I remember I drove up and you like, you were super nice. You came out and gave me my drink. And like, it was such oh, a yeah. process. Like, so you guys oh, yeah. Well, well that, that was after. So I was just pushing bags around the valley. And then when, when that sort of dried up, uh, I had a whole bunch of uh, cafe gear already. The, the, the plan had sort of been in motion to do a little bit of a cafe at Ravens, but obviously that we put the brakes on that when COVID hit. But then when it, when it was sort of looking like I can't make a living anymore, the, the choice was either shut down entirely and collect CERB mm-hmm. or see if there's a way that I can make more than two grand a month slinging lattes outside of Ravens. And, and so, yeah, that's when we, in April, we popped up the curbside cafe. It was a hundred percent curbside at that point. Uh, yeah. You order online and then we, we'd run it out to your car window and, and uh, yeah, it, it was, I guess, overwhelmingly, you know, and, and positively received and uh, people got behind it, and and you know now we're still uh, running our cafe out of Ravens. So it it became a really important part of Smoking Gun because without that, uh, there wasn't enough cash flow to keep no, keep moving. So that that was the big pivot that really saved saved Smoking Gun. And then obviously as things have been you know reopening and and wholesales picking up again, and and uh, you know it's ebbing and flowing like naturally we just got new uh new regulations passed down so we're gonna have to again sort of uh revisit the plan and and figure out how we can you know safely deliver service and and uh you know keep keep up with that but by and large the fact that we're still slinging every day seems like a gift so yeah yeah, here we are i don't want to jump back too much but i do want to know uh the story behind the name, like Smoking Gun is a really cool name. When I told him too, he's like, oh, that's a cool name. I'm I was like, like yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So what, what, how did you come up with that? And where was it like a particular story behind it? I'm going to disappoint you so much. Slang <laughs> <laughs> it some Colombian coffee. I, smoking gun. I, yeah, <laughs> I, my, my wife always makes fun of me too, because everyone always asks that. And, yeah. and to be perfectly honest, there really is no sexy story to it. Well, it, the, the first Christmas that I was roasting 
in my garage on that tiny little roaster, a few friends um, were like, hey, we want to buy this as a Christmas gift. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, let's let's do this. And like at that point, I, like I was giving it to giving it to them in like Ziploc bags and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, man, I guess Escobar, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I guess I need like some sort of a package. So I went to I went to Michael's and bought like fancy lunch bags. It was so brutal, man. But anyway, and then Britt's like, you need a name. Or my wife, Britt, she was like, you need a name. And and so I, I don't know, just sort of on the fly. I'm like, uh, I don't know, like coffee smokes and you know I, i'm from alberta like i don't know smoking gun like that's like it, it that was pretty much it man yeah, so no, that's, that's pretty sick yeah, yeah, you came up with it on the spot and i actually i love the logo i love the name and yeah you're right like it catches on and catches yeah maybe it's a nod it's a nod to my like alberta roots and and uh yeah big fan of country and, oh, and nice. that sort of thing so yeah no i love it i think it's such a unique name and yeah right when her viewer told me you know, smoking gun. I'm like, damn, that's so cool. Like, it, it just stands out, and I've never forgotten it since. So it works out well. Then I really nailed it. You know, you really nailed it. it. Definitely <laughs> not disappointed. So, last question about uh, about COVID. Like, you know, you talked about how you pivoted. Is there something you learned about yourself, or to just reaffirm some traits that you had? That you're man. This is the reason, uh, or a big reason, why I was able to make these pivots and these moves. Yeah, I think like I, I, I and yeah, my my whole experience in business has just been a lot of, uh, I guess, flexibility and like just being able to roll with it. Like, I, I think I, I, it's funny cause I speak this way, but really in my brain, I'm, I'm a super control freak and all this stuff really drives me nuts. So like, I, I, I make a lot of plans. I'm super calculated. I spend way too long to make really simple decisions but, but COVID's really taught me that like you can only work with what you got and a lot, a lot of, of life is sort of outside of our realm of control. And so if you, if you do the best with what you got, that's, that's kind of all I can do. So I, I, and, and it may sound uh, cliche or whatever, but I, I've always approached my business with a, with a fairly open hand. Like, you know, I, I'm, obviously I'm invested. This is, this is how I'm making my living. But, but on, on, on the flip side of that coin, I'm also like, it, it kind of owes me nothing. Like I'm so much of a better person because of the experiences that I've had already. So like, I really am passionate about pushing my business forward and growing my business. And, and that's the plan. But at the end of the day, if this is it, like I'm, I'm richer for it, you know? So not only do you have a radio voice you got some wisdom too man <laughs> hey, that's, that's what it's about though like growth like and yeah. honestly like even speaking to a few entrepreneurs like that's pretty much what it is because you're not you're not jumping into it i think that's how many of these like quote-unquote success stories start where people are, are jumping into it for the sake of like oh i'm gonna become an entrepreneur quote-unquote where oh they're just starting it like because they're they're passionate about something and they're taking it wherever it goes kind of thing where yeah they take it off the ground and that's when you fully see it become something i think I love that. I love how you said uh, this business owes me nothing. It's it's so it's such a great perspective to have because it truly I, I feel like that enables you to give more instead of waiting to get something out of it. I think it's very important to just give to your business instead, and then you know you get the fruits of your labor later on. One of the last questions um, that I have for you is you know oftentimes people don't expect themselves to end up in the career that they're in. You know, for your example, you know you 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 worked in 
ther- not therapy. That's not the right word. Social worker. Social worker. Sorry. Uh, you, you worked as a social worker. Works at therapy now. Yeah. Yeah. Now you work at therapy. <laughs> you worked as a social worker and, and now you own your own business. So it, it, it's such a, it's such a funny thing, but what made you fall in love with it? Uh, you know, besides obviously the process of, of, of brewing, is there anything specific that pushed you originally to start roasting on the weekends and stuff like that? Well, yeah, like I, I guess to rewind the tapes a little bit, I, I was doing social work, uh, kind of burnt out of that. And so then uh, was looking just for, for work and really good friend of mine g- gave me a job for his excavation company. Mm-hmm. And so kind of totally redirected things there. And uh, uh, it, it was exactly what I needed at the time was just to do something that didn't require so much emotionally was more predictable and and was able just to to work but it also gave me more room emotionally to start carving out space for my business and and i i i don't i think i needed that like i needed the ability to give more mind power to to smoking gun um than i was able to give prior and 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 i loved working for for my friend uh you know but but kind of realizing that 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 you know there there was there was there was life in this thing and i needed to to see it through and so it, it was sort of yeah just a a culmination of of life events that that sort of springboarded me forward to the point where it was like well i like i say i i'm either going to do this and and see what happens with smoking gun or I really need to figure out what the rest of my life looks like, you know, cause I, I, I had sort of burnt out of my career. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 and I'm still kind of in that position where it's like, if I'm not, if I'm not doing this, I really don't know what I do next. Like I'll figure it out and I can always find work, but it's sort of that, like that deep look inside myself to say like, you know, everybody has a choice but ultimately I have no choice, but to see this down the road, there's nothing else kind of waiting in the wings for me right now. And so, yeah, it's that sort of ongoing, like continually discovering that, like I am discovering myself more by continuing to, to pursue my business. So yeah, like I say, even, even more so like I I'm richer even through the struggle because I'm learning more and more about who I am and, and what makes me tick. So. No, that's awesome, man. Love well it. said, well said. That's what growth is about. And uh, yeah, exactly what you highlight. You kind of answered my next question as well. Um, I was going to ask if, you know, if there was someone that is looking to follow in your footsteps, what kind of advice would you give to them? I'll, I'll, I'll open it to you to add anything, but what I gathered just from, from what you just taught me is, you know, sometimes what you're going to end up doing finds you, you don't find it. Whereas a lot of people are like, man, I need to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. How do I, you know, train my brain to find out what my passion is? Uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, what you just opened my eyes to is a great piece of advice that I would, I'm going to start sharing now is oftentimes it'll find you, you don't find it. But if there's anything that you'd like to add on, you know, please. Yeah. Well, all, all my illustrations break down eventually, but yeah, I guess advice, man, like, I guess there's like practical pieces that I wish I would have either learned or figured out earlier in the process that now I'm sort of in it, but, but having to go back 
you know, simple things like, like talking to a business coach or, or somebody to kind of collect your ideas and, and help direct you practically. Like my issue is I, I can, I can think up a million different things that all sound like good ideas, but I need help figuring out like what is a practical way to move forward. And I think a lot of entrepreneur types and dreamer types struggle with that is like, I, I, I have a million things I want to do, but I can only do three things today. What, what are, what, what are those things? So I wish I would have, or not, you know, whatever it is, what it is. And, and now I have some great people in, that I've sort of collected around me who, who are super supportive and kind of my team, my, my unofficial board. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's good to bring people on board with your vision sooner than later is one thing in terms of, of, of advice. And yeah, I think, I think it's just sort of like doing whatever you can to, to discover if there's life in the dream. And, and if there's not, then figuring out a way to rechannel that energy into something that there is life in, you know, like I'm not saying like, and, and, and who knows what the future holds, not every business can get off the ground, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that your, your passion, your dream also have to not get off the ground. You know what I mean? Right. So not, not, not clinging to anything so tightly that you wouldn't be able to let go and redirect yourself in the future, I guess. Yeah, no, beautifully said, man. Beautifully said. Great. Um, I think, well, I wanted to talk a little bit now about, uh, yeah. So where you've been, where you are at today, you mentioned you had some, you had a collab coming out with, smugglers trail so like do you have any exciting like collaborations you want to talk about or some new products you got coming out i was actually i was at your cafe like a month ago i think i was getting a gift for a client so at closing i'll as a mortgage broker i'll usually get like like a local a couple local gifts some clients and i've gotten your coffee beans a few times and i had like s'mores like hints of s'mores notes like it was a different blend oh i can't God, remember which so one but it was amazing coffee man I yeah guess. yeah that's that's a guatemalan coffee yes. from metacasculinta yeah no i Dude. that's one of my favorites of the year so it it's uh and that that's a really cool project that that was spearheaded by uh another roaster bows and arrows and oh, uh gosh. and old hand in abbotsford serves bows oh. and arrows fantastic coffee and old hand are lovely people so yeah. love being in community with those with those guys but yeah that that was a a, a great coffee uh, i have another guatemalan from metacasculinta that's going to drop probably in a couple weeks holiday blend is coming in hot so holiday blend should be on shelves by next week and then another one yeah i got a ugandan coffee to a micro lot coming out so three hot drops coming within the next few weeks so that'll be cool right before christmas and then yeah we're we're rolling out some merch and some swag and yeah lots of fun stuff gonna hit shelves pretty soon um yeah love it love it and uh yeah that's the smoking gun coffee on instagram if anybody's still wondering and yeah you guys are in abbotsford there was another question i was just gonna ask you yeah like what's your favorite coffee like because you're you're obviously the guy that brews it all so what like what do you what do you like or what's your favorite yeah. drink even like let's go there yeah i i'm kind of like super super partial to mega mega fruity coffees kind of like beer like i i dig like super fruit forward ipas oh, okay yeah um uh, and so i i really love like lots of lots of coffees from ethiopia have have really fruit fruity notes and so we have a 
a Yurkachev that's like mega blueberry forward. So I love that. That's my jam. Had a really great coffee by a roaster in Vancouver called Harkin. It was a Colombian and it was really good. There's another uh, roaster called Luna. Really dig the stuff they're putting out. And then, and then one of my faves of all time, uh, Modus Coffee in Vancouver. My buddy Sharif. Yeah, he anything he touches turns to gold. So you couldn't go wrong with anything on his shelf. So yeah, there's so much good coffee, even even just in the in, in Metro Vancouver alone. But when you start start moving around like yeah it's it's a pretty awesome uh, pretty awesome community for sure i think one thing that shows you your character is you're so you're, you're so quick to promote everyone else which is great but you know let us promote you smoking good coffee is absolutely unreal like we've we've been there a few times and i think working from home we don't get to walk around and stimulate as much so having good coffee is uh, the game changer that keeps us up so, you know, thank you for not only taking the time to do this interview, giving value to everyone, but also thank you for keeping us awake. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's what amazing. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to trying your new blends. And yeah, thanks a lot again for taking time to yeah, join our show. We definitely came away with a lot of gems, I think. And um, we're really excited to see where you take this business, man. We'll, we'll for sure be seeing you soon uh, when things get a little bit better in your shop, for sure. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yeah, no thank worries. You. Take care, Brendan. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time on the YVR Business Den podcast.